2: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a
3: sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you.
0: Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all.
2: podcast.
1: Alright, well, welcome back to the Decibel Geek Podcast. This is part two of the Vinnie Vincent special. Uh, some things have definitely come up recently since I finished doing part one, and uh, we'll expand on that. Oh, I guess I'll do a little bit now. Um, things have changed a bit with Vinnie, of course. For those that haven't, well, a couple things. First, I I've uh, I got my 15 seconds of fame, I guess. A uh, good friend of mine, Adam Gold, from the uh, Nashville Scene, it's a local publication... That uh, I think Village Voice Media puts them out. Wanted to do an article on Vinnie Vincent and the recent uh, incident with the arrest and everything, and uh, but wanted a bit of a backstory on the history. So um, I uh, talked with him for a little while, and uh, I'm quoted in an article that just came out with the Nashville Scene for this week. Um, it's also available on the uh, NashvilleScene.com website, and I think it's titled. Something like, uh, resident Rutherford County Kiss guitarist squandered his talent, which does, in my opinion, just my opinion, sums it up pretty well. Um, the article is very extensive and, uh, that provides a lot of good information about what Vinny's been up to over the years and does touch on the recent arrests and stuff. Uh, a couple things. For those that may not know, um, Vinny, uh, has basically come public for the most part. He, uh, he opened up his, uh, Double V Fan Tribute Fan Forum Message Board. He announced this through his YouTube page, the same YouTube page that he's used to dole out threats on people like me, and also told me that you know told people that media like me and Adam, my friend from the National Scene, have gotten wrong about you know the story with his incident and stuff, and spreading lies and stuff like that. And and then in the same breath, basically makes a comment that his. Charges have been dropped and the case has been dismissed for the uh, domestic issue. And I'm not going to go into a whole dissertation on about the legal process and the domestic issue and all that because I don't really know anything about it, and I'll be the first person to say so. Um, but essentially, and Adam's article touches on this much better than, my, than I can, but essentially it's not true The the case has been retired, which is a technical term for it. It's being put on the shelf to see how Vinnie behaves in the future, and he has been ordered to do, uh, eight, I think eight weeks or eight hours of, uh, anger management until the next trial date, which is sometime in December. Um, and that's not exactly an admission of innocence, um, having to go take courses, you know, anger management and stuff like that. I mean, that's, that's not, that does not mean the case has been dropped. He's on like an 1129 probationary thing from what little I know of the legal process. But uh, I'm not an expert on it, but uh, Adam does a good job at summing it up. And uh, so anyway, he uh, came back on his message board and initially told everyone that the board would be open to everybody. And as you heard in my interview in part one with, well, actually you'll hear in the interview in the part two, I'm getting my interviews confused here, you're going to hear a lot about the, uh, there's a whole drama with Vinny's message board and a message board that opened up, after he locked a lot of his fans out last year, the same board I'm talking about, um, he locked pretty much everybody out, and has been non-responsive for the past year. But now he he opened up a board and mentioned that it's welcome to everyone except a former moderator of his board, who we will also mention um, in the interview with the webmaster of vv fan or is it forums dot com? It's the Vinny Vincent Fan Forum. Um, I meant I talked to Vic Rata. Radicic, uh, who is in Australia, and he's the uh, he's the uh, webmaster for the Vinnie Vincent fan forum, and that's the board that started up after Vinnie locked everyone out uh, last year. And he's mentioning a toxic individual who was the webmaster of the Double V forum, and we'll just call him Double V because I don't want to mention his name on here because he's he's decided to stay out of the spotlight, and probably he's probably smarter than me by doing that. So. um yeah, he. There's a long conversation about that, but Vinny opened the board back up, said that everyone, except for this double V person, would be allowed to come back on, and it's a place for love and everything. And so a lot of us got excited that uh, we were going to have a chance to go on and talk to him personally and uh, maybe get some of the questions answered and get him to dispel or squash some of the rumors that have come over the years, some of the rumors that you've heard in these two parts of the of this episode, this special. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Um, he basically anyone he found out that was a part of the Vinny Vincent fan forum, uh, he pretty much immediately booted. And he's been very dictator-like in how he's treating the people there. Basically, if you don't if you don't kiss his ass, then, and and you know, if you question anything, for the most part, that he could possibly take the wrong way or have to have to you know state any kind of hard truth or anything uh he boots them out and uh so that that's pretty much where that stands so anyone hoping that this recent incident with the law may have humbled him or made him soften up a bit or want to you know address some of the rumors about him it it doesn't appear that that's the case it seems like the same old vinny that we got last year so uh, the, the, this will make more sense if you don't know the message board drama when you hear the uh, interview with uh, Vic Radichich from the Vinnie Vincent fan forum. And actually, I think we'll go ahead and we'll start off with that.
2: No, I don't want to hear that Nickelback song again. Really? This is a Decibel Geek podcast. Oh. <laughs>
1: Here with Vic Radicic in Australia, and uh, Vic is half a world away. But this also shows how uh, how wide ranging Vinny's fans are. And uh, well, let's just go ahead and get out into it. We're all fans, and that's how we got into this story. So, how did you become a Vinnie Vincent fan?
4: Um, of course, I was a big Kiss fan. Um, they were huge here in 1980, massive, bigger than anything else before or since. Um, but then my interest waned. As KISS' interest waned in Australia, I was more of a a young kid. So I was just going with the flow. And when I got back into KISS, I started discovering their back catalogue that I'd missed out on. And uh, Vinnie popped up on the Lick It Up album, and I really, really, really liked that album. And then there was Animal Eyes and Asylum and everything went through. And then when he released his um, Invasion stuff, I just loved it. I heard all the things that Gene and Paul were saying at the time about Vinny not being so good or this and that and type of thing. But I was like, who cares what you guys say? This is excellent material. And just went from there.
1: Well, yeah, and I, I agree with that. I mean, as over the top as some of the soloing could be. You can't really deny that there's a lot of good songwriting there at the, at the heart of it all. Um, well, and, then, and basically how I've met you is through the message board that you now run which is the uh vinnie vincent fan forum which is uh or no www.vvforums.com um and basically we're uh re- refugees from the old vinnie vincent board can you uh share with us a little bit about what happened with the old vinnie vincent board and how it got transferred over to what the board that you now run
4: ah uh-huh. very good story um well, for as long as I can remember, there has been a Vinnie Vincent board, um, which I've been a member of, uh, going back to the Pyro days in the 90s. And things were quiet, you know, Vinnie people discussed things, talked a few things. And every now and then, Vinnie might, there might be a rumor about something Vinnie might be doing. Um, so it just went on for a few years. And then Pyro's board got cut off really quickly, which was a bit of a shock. And then I was invited onto the Double V board. And, um, that started up again and we kept talking and doing our thing and the ebbs and the flows of conversation, and it was pretty quiet again. And um, a little while, sometime last year, things got a bit strange because I noticed uh, Double V, the administrator, was acting a bit different. Things were really censored, if you will. It was just a strange feeling and vibe on the board. So um, I began to think, this has happened before if this board goes down or we need another board where are we going to go so I was already thinking about putting another board up but I just had it in the back of my mind and then things kind of got worse and worse and there was more censorship and weird things going on so I started really looking into putting a board up and I just basically got one ready that was about April last year I had it going and I was the only person there I didn't advertise it or anything because I didn't want to step on double V's toes and then the announcement happened around late june about almost a year ago that vinnie lost a court case and the double V board closed down and so i immediately started telling people hey i've got this board here let's go here and talk about what happened and so it's been almost a year now and um we've gone from strength to strength it's the busiest board ever and then of course vinny has been in the news vinnie went to nam it was all well, the guitars went to nam so it's been it's been more action in the last year than it has been in the last ten probably.
1: Um, let's link things up with how Vinny is actually involved with, or was we at the and at the time that uh, and we're just going to call the administrator from the board Double V because he asked for his name not be used for fear of obvious lawsuits. Um, and um, so he 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 agreed that we could share his story on on this uh, podcast episode. Basically Double V. And I've, I, I can pretty much confirm, well, as, as far as it's alleged, let's just say it's alleged that Vinnie Vincent himself approached uh, Double V at the time and told him that he would like to possibly, I guess, sort of make it an official Vinnie Vincent. Well, he wanted it to be a Vinnie Vincent tribute thing, but he wanted to be in control of, of the board, basically, with Double V running the board for him. And, um, which we've seen, um, we've seen a bit of proof of this and I think it's safe to assume that it's, that it's Vinny, but I could be wrong. Let's just, let me just leave that caveat in there.
4: Uh, I believe it's
1: Vinny. Yeah, I do too. Um, and that's just our opinion. So you can take us to court over that, I guess. Um, so basically the, w- w- the story that I received from, d- that we've heard from Double V was Vinny was, uh the one behind a lot of the censorship. And that's why the board was kind of free and easy initially. It was very pro-Vinny at the time, but then it it, it increasingly, as you said, got worse and worse with censorship. And people were starting to wonder, what is going on here? And I talked to Double V uh, around the time that you started up the the VV Forum. And I talked to him through email, and I was like, well, you know, because I was one of the people that was kicked off. And he was starting to kick everybody off and eventually double V himself was kicked off. And, um, so essentially his story is that he, he had a feeling that eventually Vinny was going to kick him off and take control of the board and do and turn his back on everyone. And that's, if you believe the story is what actually took place. So you actually have a case where a celebrity took a, a fan forum over and got rid of all of his fans. And this happened, as you said, right after the he lost the court case with Kiss. And for really, I honestly can't tell the reasons other than it's alleged that Double V had gone lax with his control of the board. And some negative things got posted. And then he didn't like that. And that's why he just took it over. But, like, not a, a notice of a where are you or anything. And it just we were all gone one day. Would you say
4: that's a safe assumption? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Finding out it was Vinny was a huge shock because he was so sensitive. He was running it like a regime, but it wasn't any fun. You couldn't say anything. People were being deleted. So, yeah.
1: And um, another member and another member of that uh, of the, the new forum, our forum that, that, that we post on now is. Um, had mentioned that he had helped they had a couple of the guys had helped uh Vinny set up a YouTube page for his guitar his signature guitar right yes and and it's funny because a lot of this time I mean I double V himself I personally I believe him but at the same time there's always been a little bit of thing in the back of my head going well maybe he got tricked by an imposter or whatever but what really tied it together for me that it was Vinny was um, this YouTube page? Because these guys on the board over a year ago were claiming this is the board we set up for him, and then we had this advertisement for the Vinnie Vincent model guitar, and um, with all kinds of strange things being brought up on the description page, and uh, like first it was uh, this is the only place where Vinnie Vincent's name can be used, and uh, and then when I mentioned that I was going this, I was init- as some people know I was initially going to write a magazine article, and then it about vinnie and then eventually it turned into a book idea and then i realized that well a book's just not practical i have a i have a family that i have to feed and there's just too much money to put into a book about Vinny vincent and i just decided well i want i wanted to start up a podcast about rock music and that's going to be mostly what it's about but i decided maybe i can use some of these interviews that i'm put together for the book and do an episode about him and then when the news came out about the arrest i was like well let's go ahead and just do it and um I had put a post up on the VV forum and mentioned that I was going to use some of these interviews from the book project for the uh, podcast, and within, a, I think it was within 24 hours, uh, there was a threat basically put up against me on that YouTube page, stating that something along, it's been pulled down since the arrest, by the way, so you can't read it now, but it it stated something along the lines of, uh, it has come to our attention that, uh, certain named individuals are planning an internet broadcast of Vinnie Vincent, and basically tried to scare me into not doing it saying, you know, if you do this plan for many extensive years of litigation and you make no mistake, you will be sued. That's the line that made me laugh. Um, yeah. And, and I probably, uh, probably will after this, but, um, I kind of figure it's okay to go ahead and do the episode since the media's already broken the whole story on him. He kind of put himself out there with his uh arrest, but uh so you know people want to know the story and um there's a lot of good stuff, but anyway, there was that thread on the YouTube page and you know people kept saying that's Vinny that's threatening you and uh but I still like I still like some confirmation that this is actually Vinny Vincent doing it. And then the arrest happens, and then the threat gets taken down, and then all of a sudden a statement from Vinnie Vincent pops up on this same YouTube page. Well, that pretty much nailed it for me that I've been threatened by the man himself. And um, so that's where we're at today. The VV forums, you know, we've built a pretty good community there, But you know, and a lot of stuff has uh, come up on there, and I mentioned him doing that threat over the forum language that i put up there and vic you can uh you can g- tell us a little bit about how it's funny because sometimes things will go up on that forum and then all of a sudden you would see the result of him reading our stuff on that forum go up on his youtube page
4: correct oh yeah there's direct reactions but that also happened when the forum first happened and double v was still open sort of bit so to speak if you remember he'd post things that we were saying on our forum virtually on his announcement page it was quite mm-hmm. funny
1: yeah, he was. It was. It was. It was almost like we were communicating from. We were all cryptically communicating back and forth with him, and. But uh, and it's just it's been a strange thing, and I I gotta ask you. You haven't mentioned anything on the forum. Have you received any threats directly from him since the board went up?
4: No, no, no. I haven't. I have emailed the address once, but I have not received anything back or heard anything from any Vinnie Vincent representatives or the man himself.
1: And that's what I find interesting because, you know, there's. It's pretty clear, you know, if you believe what's alleged, that he does read that board and there's images of him all over it. And I'm. Which is. It's just kind of surprising that he would go and threaten me about this podcast when, you know, there's images of him all over this message board, you know, and, you know, art made out of pictures of him. Not that I want him to sue you or anybody, but it just. It's kind of surprising that um, that he hasn't, but at the same time, and I, I, part of me thinks that maybe he misunderstood what the podcast was going to be, and maybe he thinks that I was planning on playing his music on these episodes that I'm doing on him, and you know, if he's listening now, I'm not gonna play any of your music on here because I know how how rich record companies are, and I sure don't want their lawyers after me. So, um, but yeah. So, Vic, what can you say? What, what's your reaction over the arrest, and uh, how do you feel about, you know, how this story is, has come to this point?
4: Uh, the arrest was crazy. I was literally um, with another forum member over the weekend. So I was visiting out of town, and could not believe that I'd wake up some Monday morning here to find out that, A, Vinny was arrested, and, B, there was an imminent mugshot coming of him from this arrest. So we were finally going to get to see him in 2011. Um... So, yeah, his statement since has been very self serving. So, we'll leave it to the courts to decide what actually happened and who's telling the truth. Um, that'll happen very shortly. And I look forward to finding out what went on and getting the reports from your, you guys over there.
1: All right, we're back. Well, that was a good interview and uh speaking of good interviews, so far one of my favorites in the few shows that I've done so far has been with Mitch Lafon of bravewords.com. And uh become really good pretty friendly with Mitch over the past few months uh, as we both have a lot of uh similar interest musically, uh, especially Kiss and uh so I knew I had to get his in, his uh take on Vinnie Vincent. And uh, Mitch is definitely uh, not the biggest Vinny Vincent fan, as you're about to hear. But uh, Mitch has a—I value his opinion, even though even if I agree or disagree, I respect it, and I think his uh, input is valuable. So here's just a cut, little bit of my chat with Mitch about Vinny Vincent.
0: Well, let's go back to, uh, you know, my feeling of him and KISS. When, um, When I found out Vinnie Vincent was in KISS, it was basically the night of a show in Montreal. In the newspaper, it said, Ace Fraley won't be here tonight. You know, new guitarist fills in. And you can imagine my disappointment. So I guess I had that resentment ever since. And, you know, eight or nine months later, KISS didn't have makeup anymore. So you have this kid in Montreal who grew up eight, nine, ten years old, you know, your, your spaceman disappears, the ink comes in and then the makeup comes off. So it was like the whole world of kiss collapsed for me. So, so I never liked him. And I also didn't like him live because it didn't sound like kiss anymore. It's, it sort of sounded like, you know, Yngwie Momstein playing all over kiss songs and it's, it, it, you know, it just didn't sound right. It, it was wrong. Over the over the last few years, the reunion tour and all that, I sort of kept up on on Vinny's uh, lawsuits with Kiss, and you know, I, I even had a, a printout of one of his suits in in Los Angeles uh, County Court or Los Angeles Court, and it was just some of the most asinine, frivolous stuff I've ever seen. And it was basically. You know, Vinny saying, I made KISS. Without me, KISS wouldn't exist. And it's like, "Uh uh-huh, okay. And, you know, everybody I've spoken to who's had contact with Vinny, guys in KISS, uh, promoters at KISS tribute shows out in Sweden and other places, uh, the guys in Slaughter, nobody likes him. Everybody says he's a nut the fact that he vanished from the face of the earth after he had promised a Vinnie Vincent box set and a Vinnie Vincent this. And there was just a lot of him having these CDs and products for sale that never got sold, but he kept the money, you know? So when I hear that he's accused of, uh, knocking down his wife and the police have called and he's in court next, uh, very soon. You go, yeah, uh, I was expecting this day.
1: You guys reported on Vinny's things going on with the incident and then with his statement. Right. Um, so you saw in his statement that he basically said that all of the media people are lying to everybody with the right. reports. What, what's your thoughts on that?
0: Well, it, it goes exactly with what I've heard about him personally, that he's extremely paranoid. That, And like I just said before, with the lawsuits that I had seen from 96, 97 and, and those years – it's everybody against him. It's you know, it's Vinny against the world. And so his statements were classic Vinny. You know, kiss is classic kiss is deuce and rock and roll all night. Classic Vinny is everybody's out to get me.
2: Rubbing our last two brain cells together. This is a Decibel Geek Podcast.
1: After a few years of inactivity, Vinnie Vincent reemerged in the mid-1990s as a guest at several KISS expos in the U.S. and later across Europe. During this time, he was promoting the aforementioned Euphoria EP as a teaser to the upcoming Guitar-Mageddon album. Immediately following this uh, European series of expos, a press release came out from the organizer uh, Gerhard Wimmer, Wimmer, or Wimmer, I'm not good with my German pronunciation, He was the organizer and the current head of the website www.kissnews.net. The press release reads like a complete nightmare for Gerhard, and if it's true, it makes Vinny look pretty bad. Um, There will be a link on the Decibel Geek website uh, with the entirety of Gerhard's press release from 1997, if you'd like to read it. Uh, One of the people helping Gerhard at the time was Alex Eckert, who is also better known as Alex Michael of the group Shameless. Um, who also has some kiss ties due to the, uh, his relationship with uh, Eric Singer and uh, with Shameless. Alex helped organize and work these European expos in the 90s, and he had a front-row seat to all of the drama with Vinny. Um, here's a bit of my conversation with Alex and about what he remembers from that time as well as what he thinks about Vinny's current trouble. For those that may not know the story, in summary, basically, he, you guys brought him over for these KISS Expos to do appearances, and the demands got worse and worse as it went on, and basically he... Um, he basically used Gerhard Wimmer's um, credit card information and ran up huge bills over the whole course of the trip and was total. From what I've read, basically was very unapologetic about all of it. How did Vinny come into your life?
3: Well, um... In the beginning, I was just, like, a KISS fan, you know, and then when I was, like, I think it was, like, 15, and there was this um, fan magazine. It was called KISS Force or something, Mm -hmm. and there was Vinny's address in there, you know, So and then I wrote him a letter, like, you know, typical, like, stupid, you know, Mm -hmm. KISS fan, you know, when you're a kid, and then, like, he actually responded. So I was kind of, like, impressed back then, you know, that, like, wow, somebody actually did read your letter, you know, and wrote back to you, and then uh, I, that was basically, it, you know, and and then I was following, of course, like, you know, like the invasion and that stuff, and then I met him the first time, it was April of um, 95, because we were already in the plans of, like, doing a tour with Ace. In the summer of '95, but um, Vinny was the special guest at the New Jersey Hackensack um, Kiss convention, the one that was ran by Richie Rano, you know, the guy, the guy from Stars. <clears throat> so that was the first time I met him, and you know, we talked about like, you know, and then my friend from Austria, Gerhard, was like, "So how was he like?" And I was like, you know, he was actually cool, you know, like, you know, didn't seem like a dick or whatever. And then Gerd was like, okay, let's do a tour with him. And I was like, okay, sounds like a good idea, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I somehow, like, after the convention, I stayed in contact with Vinny because, like, he was like, yeah, I might need some help when I'm, if I do shows or something, whatever, in Europe, you know. And he asked me for my phone number because this was like, you know, before email, (laughs) you know. Mm So, and then um, he was, Calling me a few times and saying like, look, I have this idea about that four-song EP. Or, yeah, I think it was four songs. And then he wasn't sure about prices and stuff, and asked me tons of questions. Like, you know, is it better to get the discs uh, manufactured in Europe? But like, how could he keep track of it and this and that? And and he, the more we talked, the more weird started his ideas to be. You know, because the I remember one time he called me, like, I said, like, Alex, I have this great idea. What do you think if I sign the CDs already before and then charge $50 a piece? So, like, you know, because at that point we still had the Deutschmark here. Uh-huh. So that would have been, like, um, fuck, like, I don't even know, like, 80 D-marks or something, while a regular CD was like, 10 songs was, like, 20 D-marks, you know? So I so, said, like, look, this is out of control, you know, like, like, whoever, you know, might be interested in buying the CD, but like a lot of them will simply not buy it because of the price, you know, because nobody wants to spend like that kind of money on this. And then he was like, yeah, but people pay so much money for the history book. You know, I said like, well, you know, that's a huge book, you know, and, and you're offering a CD. And then he was telling me those stories about like, yeah, that he wrote some new songs and stuff. But then like when I heard that CD actually, to me and I still say that like it didn't sound like it was new stuff it sounded like it was like some old demos you know or like leftovers from that first vinyl record during the conventions um you know after the bands did sound check or like a, a, a few times before the bands even did the sound check he went on there and and did like a sound check for the cd you know he was like fooling around with all the levels and this and that and then the guy from the soundboard was like, you know, wait a second, the band still has to do sound soundcheck. And it was like, yeah, but it's more important, you know, that people hear my c- my new songs in the perfect quality. You know, and, and he did stuff like that. And then, like, I think after the second convention, he was like, okay, from now on, I don't want that KISS music to be played there. Just play my CD all day long. You know, and, and of course, like, everybody who was on the tour was going nuts. You know, because... Can you imagine like four songs being played for like ten hours? Wow! You know that that that, that that's like almost like yeah.
1: Well, and who has the gall to to demand that Kiss music not be played at a, at a Kiss convention?
3: Yeah, exactly. And I was like, like so, but the whole thing was just like so retarded with him. And it's like from every show to the next one, he was getting more and more crazy and paranoid. Mm-hmm. Like the best example was like I think it was like the second show, it was like Gossenberg or something. I I I don't really remember the place anymore, but the thing was, during that the Q and A session, which was held by um Phil Elliott, you know the guy from Creatures of the South who did like tons of Kiss conventions back in the nineties.
1: Yes. Yes.
3: Yeah. So he did the questions, and then like all of a sudden, you know, like this fan started asking. Vinny, when you gonna get your sex change? When you gonna cut your dick off? You know, and th- and then like Vinny, you know, his eyes almost popped out of his head, you know, when he heard those questions, and and then he was was getting so freaky, you know, because then later, at the further conventions, he started having all those requests about like, you know, I I need at least like six or eight, weaponed professional bodyguards, because what happens if I go into a gas station? And the guy who works there is an Ace fan and hates me. He will shoot me. I was like, you know, Vinny. So no fans, but like, when you go in a ga- into a gas station in fucking like Holland, <laughs> nobody has any idea who you are. They just think it's a guy with a bad wig, you know? Wow. <clears throat> and so he was getting like totally crazy, and also for whatever reason, he didn't want to play any lead guitar.
1: Yeah, I can't. I've seen the videos from those shows and I still can't figure out why he wouldn't want to play lead.
3: Well, here's the story. He he said like he had this, um, he did hurt himself on his finger, Uh and he had this like little fake bandit on his one of his fingers and said that is the reason why he couldn't play any leads. And I was like, you know, fuck, like you don't even hold your pick with that finger, you know. Like, if it w- would have been on the left hand, I would have said, okay, I-, I can understand it. But first of all, like, a lot of times during the daytime, he didn't have that bandit on. And it just was back on, like, you know, when he was at the conventions. I don't know what whatever he's, you know, what his problem was. Maybe he hasn't even played in a couple of years or
1: something. You know That's all I can think of is maybe he was rusty and didn't rehearse before going overseas. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and especially like those really hard to learn guitar solos, like I Love It Loud or <laughs> <laughs> Lick It Up. I mean, that that that's like my daughter is ten, and like she probably can learn that in a week or something. But whatever reasons he had, you know, it was like really strange, you know. Yeah,
1: it sounds like uh, Gerhard took took quite a bath on uh, all the credit card stuff that I read about.
3: Oh yeah, it was insane, you know, because like I mean, like maybe it was because like credit cards were still not that big like in Europe or like also like Gerard was in good face because like when we did those tours with Peter Chris and Ace you know like those guys were like totally pro I mean like okay I would lie if they if I would say like they were always happy to be there with the fans you know because like there were a lot of times they were just like annoyed and pissed you know because it's like oh my god more autographs and this and that but they saw the money and knew like hey fuck if, if we fuck this up you know we will not get paid you know and The fans will not buy our our stuff. But Vinny, on the other hand, you know, nothing was good enough for him. Like the hotels that we stayed in, you know, and and everything, like even the van. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was not a van. It was like a a huge, like a a traveling bus, you know, like a 40-something seater. Yeah. But I think the main reason that he didn't want to go on on this bus ride was like, this was like after the first ride. We drove... What was the second one? I, I'm i not 100% sure because I forgot the the cities, you know, how we started. But I remember, like, it was the first ride, and Vinny did fall asleep. And when he woke up, like, his wig was not the way on his head like it's supposed to be. And then his wife was like, oh. you know, well, we couldn't understand what she said, but it was probably like, hey, Vinny, you know, like, your wig is, like, hitting the wrong direction or something, you know. So, and then he he went to the bus um, bathroom and disappeared there for, I think, for like half an hour or something. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, you know, he didn't want to go on the bus ride anymore. Yeah, I remember like the last show or the last time we saw him was in Hamburg. And that day, you know, he didn't pick up the phone or anything. And, but he got this huge bill. I think it was like almost like two grand or something for like the weirdest stuff like like really you know like he had some sh- some stuff like shipped back to the States and and whatever food and this and that and like it was like out of control you know but like the thing happened before like one of the first days you know when girl was like you know he got this bill and was like you know I never had this and they looked at the card and then it was Vinnie but like Vinnie was still not as crazy as he was later on, you know, signing with Gerhard's name on the card, you know. Wow, my gosh.
1: And I, are you, and I'm, I'm trying to get this clear. I did, I think somebody mentioned, was it you that you were, you were going to buy a guitar from him at some point?
3: Yeah, because you know, I always collected like you know guitars and like you know stuff that was Kiss related. So, and Vinny told me about this guitar that he still had from the Lick It Up tour, like one of those Flying V um, Jackson guitars. And he said, yeah, it's the one that he used on the tour that first it was painted gold, but then like um, through the lightning and stuff on stage, it looked green a lot of time. That's why he had it like redone in pink for the Lick It Up tour, but it was still the same guitar. And he said like, you know, he still has that and he wanted to sell it for like, I think it was like like two grand or something. You know, in, in good faith, you know, because, like, I did already, like, a few other things with Vinny, you know, where uh, I bought stuff from him, like, to sell it at on the previous tour. You know, the one in 95 with Ace, you know. So, you know, I gave him, like, some of the money already, and he said, like, okay, um, he brings the guitar with him on on the tour, and then, play, you know, so you can still use it there, and then... um I can have it at the end. And I was like, you know, th- that's fine with me. But first of all, the thing was, when I saw the guitar then, I noticed that, wait a second, that, that, that's not an eighty street. That, that's like some whatever later model. And it's also not a custom Jackson guitar. It was like some, you know, one guitar that you could basically buy everywhere. You know, it was like nothing.
1: It was a mass you know, produced version.
3: Exactly. you know, And a, and a cheap one too, you know. <laughs> So, and when i I tried to confront him about that, like you know he was like um almost not available anymore, you know, and he was like like a total weird guy, you know, uh-huh. and so you know, it was like well learning experience for me, you know, but like um, it was really strange, you know like the the whole thing about Vinnie was like um, you know like crazy, you and
1: know did <laughs> you already handed over the the money for the guitar?
3: No, just a part
1: of it. You and know. did you end up taking the guitar or no?
3: No, because like you know when he disappeared, you know then um, and didn't pick up. the... Well, actually it was different, you know, because it was like we tried to get a hold of him at the hotel and said like look, look Vinny, you know you have to get out there because we have to make it to this other show in Hanau, Germany. But he didn't pick up the phone, so we left a couple of messages. But it got to the point where we had to leave at least for us to make it to the show. and then we just left him there you know in the hotel so it means like Gerhard called the hotel and said look that's not me who's signing I'm in I'm in Vienna you know Mm -hmm. so whoever signs something with that credit card you know that's a fraud you know so yeah I never got the money back so so never did Gerhard you know Wow. but at that point it was still I mean it's still like a pain you know um, to do any kind of like lawsuits between europe and the states mm-hmm. like if you have a lawyer that does that it, it, they charge you like five hundred dollars an hour yeah. so it's not worth it you know i was like okay you know fuck it you know it's like what can you do you know
1: so, so did he did he end up going back to the states with that guitar yeah he did okay now do you know that that from what i'm from what my research has shown, that that guitar wound up in a hard rock cafe in Cardiff. Really? Yeah, and because a lot, I'm uh, <laughs> there's a, some friends of mine post on this message board that uh, was set up for fans of his, and uh, this that they one of them lives in England and he took pictures of it, and they've all been sort of uh, how do you say they've been sort of deconstructing the pictures of it, and they they have the same. Opinion that you do, because he sold it to the Card Rock Cafe and it says on the plate, you know, plate on the Lick It Up tour. So and they all have the same opinion you do that he that he was full of it. And uh, it's not at all what he says it is. Yeah. So I'll I'm actually I'll send you the link to the uh, photos if you want to check it out.
3: Yeah, that that will be very interesting. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, like the whole thing, it's like, you know, it's like really strange, you know, it's like but like you know, I was talking with somebody else the other day and it was weird, you know, cause it seemed like, like both of those guys, like Mark and Vinny, had some, you know, weird way of, you know, like, the way they are, you know, so it's like, I, I can understand why the relationships was kissed and work out. I mean, like, I'm not saying, you know, like, Gene and Paul always do or did everything perfect, but like, at least they have, uh, for whatever they did, they had a professional reason, you know, so so that's kind of like excusable, you know, yeah. but like with Vinny, it's just like, okay, I have this out of control way of behaving, you know, and then when I read this, st- like every time you read something about him, you know, it's like, well, now with his wife or whatever she is, and then, um, then with the dogs and, and all those rumors and stories about like him with the sex change and, and you know, I mean, that, that that's like, you know, stuff like that. I don't think it comes out of nothing, you know, like you never hear stories that like, let's say like, um, you know, who comes to my mind? Like, like, let's say like, you know, David Coverdale wanted to have a sex change or or somebody like that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, or or that Gene Simmons wanted to have one or, you know, like Stevie Rochelle, one of the, (laughs) nobody, you know, talks about, you know, so it's like, I said, those things always come up for a reason. I read some stuff on the internet, like, like that he was like a drug addict and stuff. Like, I don't believe that at all. Because like those like three weeks or something, you know, that we traveled together. Like he was always like so about what he was eating, drinking, you know, just like iced tea and stuff. So like like that is the one thing, you know, because I don't think it's a good idea, like to, just to post anything to make somebody look bad. I mean, like, you know, the truth about Vinny is already bad enough you know so i don't think anyone has to make up any stuff so i don't believe any of the the drug stories or whatever it was about him you know
1: what do you got to plug you got new any new uh recordings and new tours <clears throat> oh yeah we're gonna record
3: new stuff in um wait a second in october mm-hmm. and then um we're gonna go on tour again all over europe in the next spring so we're gonna be in Los Angeles, like in October, for a couple of weeks, um, recording some new songs, and you know, and then put out an EP for Christmas, and but not a Christmas record like Twisted Sister. I think like they did a great job, but like nobody else should touch that because then afterwards it's just ridiculous. <laughs>
1: <They're> right. <laughs> exactly. Well, good. Well, if you guys ever want to come to Nashville, let me know. I know people that could book you.
3: Yeah, that would be perfect.
2: Proving to the world that Nashville is about more than banjo picking and sister banging, this is the Decibel Geek Podcast.
1: All right, well, despite Vinny's reclusiveness through uh, really most of the past 15 years, we, we almost got a glimmer of an appearance from him, it seemed, back around 2006 when a press release came up about Vinny Vincent invading Ed Roman's guitar shop in Las Vegas. Uh, Ed Roman is basically known as the luthier to the stars. He's built guitars for many, many famous people, and he's got a huge guitar store in Vegas. And uh, looks like uh, he had a deal in place with Vinnie Vincent to put out a signature guitar for Vinnie in 2006. And uh, the press release basically says Vinnie Vincent will tentatively be appearing informally to shred the walls down. He'll be jamming and previewing some new tracks and promoting the new Ed Roman Vinnie Vincent guitar. Dates are tentative. Please don't call till we set a date. Well, of course, they never got to set a date because, uh, as Ed Roman himself told me, Vinnie basically was just a few days away from going to Vegas to do this thing and uh, called him up and demanded double what he was supposed to take from the guitar. And uh, Ed just didn't want to work with him after that, which is, you know, understandable. So, um, yeah, it's uh, he wound up putting out a model that's similar to the to the Vinnie Vincent guitar. It's got, got a, the Ed Roman headstock on it. But I think he said he can build it to uh, to spec if you want that kind of guitar still. So uh, if you want to get in touch with him, it's, he's at EdRomanGuitars.com. But, uh, yeah, here's just a little quick snippet of me and Ed's talk from this past year.
2: The last minute Vinnie tried to fucking jack me for more money. His lawyer actually quit working for him when he did that. So I dealt with his lawyer and everything was cool, and uh, everything was fine, everything was set up. And then at the last minute, this fucking phone call, I get a phone call, and then he goes, um, he goes, uh, you yeah, know, I've been thinking about this, and I think I need more money for this. He says, yeah, I want $500 for every guitar. What was the original bargain uh, on 250, 250. So he wanted to double what he was gonna take from it. Right. So then my words to him were, I mean, you're
0: your own worst enemy.
1: folks. Well, a lot of this show was pretty well-scripted. Well, not I don't know about well-scripted, but uh, I had li- written out a lot of my talking points uh, well in advance uh, for this show, and uh, I hope it didn't come off way too over-rehearsed or under-rehearsed or whatever, but uh, with all these new developments, I'm just going to go ahead and give my final thoughts here on this, just like Jerry Springer. Um, the whole situation is really sad for me. Um, I, w- I grew up a Kiss fan, as everyone that listens to this show knows, and I really liked Vinny's era of Kiss, and as I mentioned in part one, I really got into uh, his solo stuff and even a lot of the unreleased stuff that you can find on YouTube, uh, when I started researching Vinny's, uh, career for the right, initially the writing project and now this podcast episode, and, um... I got into the music quite a bit during this, and it's funny because I was getting such a high off of, you know, getting into this new music and this crazy over-the-top guitar playing and just like, and it's like discovering something new and felt like being that kid that was a KISS fan again, getting into it all over again. But then at the same time, the more I researched, the worse things seemed to get. And, um, you know, there were, I'd get a glimmer of hope. I'd talk to some people that were positive, and then I heard there was a number of people that, that even had worse things to say than what, um, has appeared on this episode, and, uh, there are two reasons those didn't come out on here. Well, one, I just, I'm just not, I'm just not one to completely slag the guy and, uh, and, you know, put the worst of the worst rumor and innuendo that I heard out, because I'm, you know, I'll put out stuff that I hear, but I'm not gonna go into the gutter for it, and, uh, so th- some of the stuff I did by choice just not include because I da- I'm trying to be respectful, although I don't know that he deserves it um, with everything he's done. He hasn't really done anything um, specific to me other than the the threat that was uh, pretty clearly made at me through the YouTube channel about my podcast. And if he follows up on that, then so be it. But it's just sad because like I'm getting so into the music and at the same time I'm hearing all these negative things. The other reason I didn't put out some of the stuff is I had some people that told me some really horrible things that um this guy has done and uh, about him and I don't know that they're true or not, but they weren't willing to go on the record and if you're not willing to go on the record for this then um you're not then I'm not going to bother including it. So um yeah, th- this is pretty much the tip of the iceberg with everything that I've found and honestly, I'm tired. I am drained and depressed. From researching uh, Vinny Vincent, to be honest with you, and it's just a sad situation all around because I think the guy has a a massive amount of talent, and to this day I think he could put out material if he wanted to, and uh, probably do pretty well with it. I'm not gonna, it's not, he's not gonna do huge numbers, but I I think he would still have a fan base there that would buy the stuff. But it's just sad to me that he will not come out and and on his own and just address things that have come up in the past and just put all of the rumors to rest or if if he did something wrong and he and he felt bad about it then you know come out and just take responsibility but that's just my opinion he can do whatever he wants he's vinnie vincent and i'm not i'm just a nobody with a podcast and i understand that and he's the guy who was the legendary guy in kiss and maybe he likes all the mystery around um what's going on in his head i don't know but i know that the uh, the behavior on his message board and how he how he acts on there, I just I I find it sad, and it's just there's so many there's so much more important music and stuff he could share with the world than acting like this over a message board, and if I could say one thing to him, if he's listening to this, is Vinny, you are never going to have people stop saying bad things about you, especially with the advent of the internet and media, and I'm sorry, but Stories come out, and stories and stories are never going to be resolved unless you decide to address them yourself. And as long as you keep remain silent on this stuff and never address it and put the speculation and rumors to rest, even your biggest fans—I'm not maybe your biggest, but I am a fan—are going to question things. And you can't you can't blame people for questioning things. And it's sad that you have a, that you you don't allow anything to question you on your own message board. It's just—I mean. Even Mother Teresa has had shit talked about her on the internet. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying it's reality. So, in closing, Vinny, if you're listening to this, I hope you do eventually put out music. Um, I hope you turn your life around and things do go well for you. But until you address rumors, that they're going to remain that rumors until you actually squash them. And to all those that uh, sat through this humongous amount of time to listen to these two episodes... If you're still a fan of his, that's great. I will always be a fan of the music and the guitar playing, and especially the songwriting. Great songwriter. Um, but uh, I hope this sheds light on him. But uh, if you, it's always best to remember the good things, and the guy does have great music. Couldn't play it. I couldn't play it on this uh, show because I'm trying to stay out of the court system. I may still wind up in it. I don't know. But I hope he understands that this was done in a matter of, in a matter of respect from a fan. And as I said before, Vinnie Vincent is always welcome to come on here And if he wants to set the record straight and dispute anything that was brought up on this show, and it's totally his choice. If not, no big deal. I've got plenty more episodes to uh, keep me busy with uh, other artists and uh, different kinds of bands and all that stuff. So until next time, I hope you Vinnie fans enjoying this, and uh, get in touch with me through this show, DB Geek Show, look it up on uh, Twitter, look me up on Google. You should be able to find me pretty easily. We also have a Facebook page, so check us out there. Until then, until next time, this is Kristen Zach signing off.